0: Yeah, it's good to be in His presence. We say that every week, I think, but that's because it's still true. <laughs> it hasn't changed. Love worshiping with the people of God. There's nothing like being in the presence of God with the people of God. It's always good. And I want to talk about worship today. I just want to speak on worship is. We might be on it for a few weeks, I'm not sure. Um... But if you want to open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 6, you can go there. Isaiah chapter 6. This may be familiar to you. And by there... Let's let's say, Holy Spirit, open the Word to us this morning as we read. Holy Spirit, open our hearts to Your Word this morning. Thank You, Lord. This is Isaiah 6, verse 1, it says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated on a throne, high and exalted, and the train of His robe filled the temple. Above Him were seraphs, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, With two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of His glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and thresholds shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. Woe to me, I cried, I'm ruined, for I'm a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hands, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I sin? and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. And so he said, go and tell this people, be ever hearing, but never understanding, be ever perceiving, but be ever seeing, but never perceiving, make the heart of this people callous, make their ears dull and close their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. Then I said, for how long, O Lord? And he answered until the cities lie ruined and without inhabitant, until the houses are left deserted and the fields ruined and ravaged, until the Lord has sent everyone far away and the land is utterly forsaken. And though a tenth remains in the land, it will be laid waste, as the terebinth and oak leave stumps when they're cut, so the holy seed will be the stump in the land. We're talking about worship is this morning. I know that last section was a little bit... Uh, Depressing. You know, Isaiah's, Isaiah's commission was not, was not a fun one. Sometimes God gives us hard stuff to do that, that's not necessarily fun. You know, He gives us a message that's, that's, not, that's not what other people want to hear, but sometimes it's what needs to be said. And so that's just a freebie right there. So I want to talk about worship. In verse 1, here's what it says. It says, In a year king as I died, I saw the Lord. You know, worship starts with a revelation. To the extent that you know God, you'll worship God. To the extent that you know God, have a revelation of God, you'll worship God. Because a revelation of God always leads to worship. So if you find your worship being bland or dry or weak, what you need is not Somebody sing your favorite song. <laughs> Although that's always nice. We love our favorite songs. Everybody has their favorite song. You what you don't you don't need to work yourself up. You don't need to try harder. You need a revelation. When you have a, when you have a revelation of God, you worship. I mean, haven't you had that? When you you encounter God in a way, when when God does something in your life that's that's amazing, where you encounter Him, there's a revelation of who He is. And that causes you to worship. That causes you to give thanks. That causes you to do something different. It causes you to go beyond. You know, someone who doesn't worship well, and I'm not even talking about just worshiping in song. I'm just talking about the general word worship. Someone who, who isn't into worshiping God just doesn't know Him very well. And it's not a, a, a put-down. It's just just the reality. When you have a revelation of God, you're going to worship. The more you know Him, the more you understand who He is, the more you see Him in your life, you're going to be drawn to worship. And that's exactly what happens to Isaiah because worship starts with revelation. It says, in the year King died, he saw the Lord. And once he sees the Lord, everything changes. He starts saying different things. He starts doing different things. He's like, whoa, what's going on? And not only... Does he see the Lord? He sees what's going on around the Lord. It says, "I saw the Lord high and lifted up on the throne, train of his robe filled the temple, and above him were two seraphs. What are seraphs? Really big angels, angels with six wings, six-winged angel. These things must have been amazing to look at, right?" It says with six. They had six wings. It says, with two, what? They covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. And it says, with two, they were flying. You know, kind of all around. It says they were above the Lord somehow. Not above Him in terms of worship, but just, you know, they were, they were, they were around. They were, they were all over the place. And it says, what were, the, what were they crying out? Holy, holy, holy. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. You know, the same thing has happened with the seraphs. There's a revelation there. They had a revelation of God. You know what? They're always in the presence of God, but they're always having revelation of God. Why can, it, why can the angels keep saying, holy, 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 over and over again? Do you get bored saying the same stuff sometimes? Come on, let's be honest. If you do the same thing over... Some of us like the same things, but if you, you, know, if you have the same... Like if we had to eat the same food every day for lunch, at some point you go... Okay, it's not going to be a sandwich and a banana today. Okay, <laughs> I mean I can eat, I can do it for quite a while. Sandwich, banana, chips, you know, boom, lunch. <laughs> whatever yours might be, might be something different. You're like I can have that for a while, but at some point that sandwich or that hamburger or whatever you you know steak, what I don't know what you eat every day. <laughs> Chick fil A, well I don't know Taco Villa, Rosa's, uh you know whatever it is you don't want that every day at some point you're going to go i get tired of the same so how are these angels how do they not get tired of saying the same thing is they see a new facet of god they have a revelation of who he is because then it's not the same anymore it's now something fresh when you have a revelation of god when you get to know him better even though you might be saying the same things to him it's fresh it's new it's different it's not the same sandwich that you ate yesterday because it's something new. You're saying, worthy are you, O God, but you have a greater understanding of it because now you have a revelation of who He is. So every, worship, every time worship starts with a revelation, and worship brings a revelation, worship brings revelation of who God is. When we're in His presence, when we encounter God, what do we find out? We first see Him. What does Isaiah see? He sees God and says, oh, He's really high. He's really huge. He's really big. He's really lifted up. He's really powerful. He's really mighty. That was the revelation that Isaiah had. He said, I saw the Lord. He was high and lifted up. His train filled the temple. He was, he was filling everything. There was, there was no, no end to who God is. It was, it was continuous. He's eternal. He's, he's beyond what I've been thinking He was. And Isaiah knew God. Look, Isaiah, he'd already had encounters with God. I'm preaching too loud, the baby's getting upset. (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) So Isaiah had already known God, and yet he's he's having a fresh encounter and revelation of him. And what does it do? It gives us a revelation of reality. You know, have you you know, when you get in God's presence, however that is, maybe it's singing, maybe it's just sitting, maybe it's just being quiet. You know, worship is not just singing. Sometimes worship can just be being quiet, just sitting down and blocking out all the noise and saying, "God, I'm just going to sit in silence before You." Sometimes in those moments, you know, God's, you know, there's a greater revelation. There's great worship going on right, right, in those moments. You don't have to be saying anything. You don't have to be doing anything. You know, Isaiah was. I don't know what Isaiah was doing. It just says he just tells us when it happened. He says it was the year this guy died. I know. I saw the Lord. I encountered God. There's a revelation of Him. And it was a revelation of reality. You know, when we worship God and we have a revelation, we get a greater revelation of what's really going on. You know, I have an interpretation of reality. You know, we all do, right? We all interpret what's going on around us uh, many times through through a filter. We filter it through my, our experiences. We filter it through our personalities. We filter it through our own little nuances and Dare I say it, we probably have some prejudices. We filter stuff through, right? Um, you know, we, we filter what's going on around us through our reality. And the one way we get past our reality into God's reality is worship. Because when you're in worship, when you're in God's presence, whatever that means for you, when you're living your life as a, as an offering to Him then reality begins to open up to you. You begin to see things differently. Isaiah says he saw the Lord, and then he saw what was really going on around the Lord. And that changed everything. And here's the deal. It also gave him a revelation of who he is. There was a revelation that Isaiah had that said, if that's God, and that's what's going on around God, woe is me. I'm in trouble. I'm in some serious trouble. He says... Woe is me, I am ruined for I am a man of unclean lips and I live among a people of unclean lips and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. So there's not just a revelation of God, there's a revelation of you that happens in worship. There's a reality of, hey, what's going on? You know, the greater we see God, we're like, whoa. And that's why it's, you know, when we understand who we are, and then oh no, God loves me. Because it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop the woe is me in Isaiah, does it? It keeps going. Isaiah doesn't even do anything. He doesn't say, look, my eyes have seen the king. And look at this. This is amazing. It says, then one of the seraphs flew to me with a live coal in his hand. Yes, I did pick that worship song because it says, take the coal, cleanse my lips. I did do that. Uh, He flew with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar in heaven there. that He's having a... Revelation, and with it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips, your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. Here's what I never thought of before. Some of us have probably read this before. If you've been in church a while, you've probably even heard this preached on or whatever. But I never, never noticed this before. The seraph stops worshiping to bring the, bring the coal down to Isaiah. I mean, he's still worshiping, but he stops doing what he's doing. He's no longer going, holy, 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 holy. He stops. And he does something for God. He says he takes this coal, this this burning coal from the altar that Isaiah is seeing this picture of in heaven. Whether that's really there or just a a picture of the truth that Isaiah was experiencing, we don't know. Brings it down and he touches lips. I was, just am- I was amazed. I was like, hey, the seraph stopped what he was doing. He probably flew back up and is going, oh, holy, 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 once again. But he stopped what he was doing to come down to Isaiah to say, no, you're not just a man of unclean lips. Look, I t- I'm going to take care of that. That's not who you are anymore. Kind of tagging off what we talked about last week. Again, this is in the Old Testament. This is before Jesus came. But what this is a picture of what happens in salvation. We have a revelation of God. We have a revelation of us. We're like, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. God, I need you. I need you to forgive me. There's some serious consequences that are going to happen if I stay me. And what happens? Jesus has come. And he has sacrificed himself on the altar. And he has handed us his life and said, here... Take this, now your sin is atoned for, your lips are clean, your guilt is taken away. So there's a revelation in worship, not just of how little I am compared to God, but also how clean I am in His presence because of Him. Doesn't That, make, that makes you want to worship. See, if you come into God's presence and He's just making you feel ridiculously low and horrible and sinful, that's, that doesn't accomplish anything. That doesn't make you want to worship more, does it? If you come in and feel awful, if you come before God, He's like, raw, 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 raw. He's like God's like your some old grandpa that's upset at you or something. Raw, 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 raw. I mean, is that how you see God with like a, a white beard? Long white hair, kind of upset. Most of us don't, thankfully, in this church, but if you do, look, that's not God. That's not God. Look, look here. Here's God right here. Isaiah says, man, I'm in trouble. And God says, angel, get down there and take care of that. I want him. I love Isaiah. I'm greater than his uncleanness. I'm greater than what comes out of his mouth. What comes out of my mouth matters more than what comes out of his mouth. What I've done is greater than what he's done. That's exactly what we declare when we believe the cross is greater than our sin. It's the fact that Jesus, what he did was greater than all the stuff I've done that's bad. It's it's enough to cover it, it's enough to take it away, it's enough to make me clean. And if I have a revelation that I'm clean in God's presence, then I'm gonna go to God more. I'm not gonna run from Him, I'm gonna go to Him. So there's a revelation of who God is, there's a revelation of reality. Here's the reality. God is really on the throne. There's worship going on right now. And so no matter what's going on in my situation, what if I looked at my situation and said, oh man, God's on the throne. He's seated high. He's lifted up. He's above all else. And there's worship going on. And it's going over all, all this situation that I'm facing. Makes me want to join in in that worship. So in the midst of my situation where I'm fighting depression, where I'm fighting hopelessness, where I'm fighting unforgiveness, where I'm fighting you know, sickness, whatever, I'm going to say, okay, know what? I'm going to sing. I'm going to join the worship that's already going on. The angels are already declaring God is holy. Let me declare that. Let me speak that out of my mouth. Let me declare that from a song in my own heart. Sing the Lord a new song. It says in Psalms. Let it come forth from your mouth. Because there's a revelation of who we are. It's who we are in Him. There is a woe is me, but there's also a call that has come. Jesus has said, I'm, I've given you my life. I've been to that altar. I've sacrificed myself, and I came back to life, and I want to share it with you. Then what happens? You know, you know we just have to say on that guilty thing, you know, we, we can't be feeling guilty about what we did whenever, whether that was last week, last month, or 10 years ago, where we got this thing in the back of our heads. It's always, you know, the tape that's always playing in the back of our mind. It says, hey, you, you know what you did? Where, you know, whenever you come to God, there's always kind of a, there's an asterisk. You know, there's like, you know, there's like, yeah, he's here, but there's no asterisk by their name that has a note at the bottom that says, except for Daniel, Everyone can enter in through the blood of Jesus, you know, you can come boldly to the throne of grace, and then there's, an asterisk, there's no asterisk that says, except for Ronnie, you know, there's no exceptions, it says, it says, no, everyone can come, because the blood of Jesus was enough for everyone, it's the same as we, we can be just like Isaiah, coming in like, hey, I, I don't deserve to be here, but Jesus says, no, you do deserve to be here. I want you here. I want you in my presence. I want you to understand what I've done for you. I want you to forget the past. I want that not to hold you back from your present and your future. Because if your past is still present, then it's going to hinder your future. But if your past is really gone and it doesn't exist anymore and Jesus says, that has no effect, I don't hold that against you. You stop holding that against you. You stop being guilty. You stop being ashamed of that. We have nothing to be ashamed of because Jesus has taken that away. That's the good news. That's the gospel. That makes me want to worship more. That makes me want to say, Yes, God, I'm coming closer to you. Yes, I'm going to sing to you. I'm going to sit in silence before you. I'm going to just listen for your voice. I'm going to live my life in a way where it's, I'm just thanking you by my daily life. Then he hears the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Here's what happens. Revelation... You know, led to a confession by Isaiah, then it led to a remission by God to take away the sin, but then it revela- then this uh, revelation leads to a commission. Because God says, okay, now I can, you know, now I need to know, hey, who's going to go for me? Who's going to go for us? Notice God says, for us, it's kind of a little thing on the Trinity there Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Um, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah says, Here am I, send me. Here am I, send me. With the very lips that seconds ago he was just thinking, Oh, these are unclean. Nothing good comes out of this mouth. With those very lips, he makes a confession that shows that he believes that he can now speak in God's presence. He's now worthy to talk in God's presence. He's now It's now okay for him. Before it wasn't. So he believed. Hey, the coal has touched my mouth. So I am, I am worthy to say. I can go for you God. I'm right here. Here am I God. What, what do you want to do? Here am I. Now, what God wanted him to do was not the best commission in the world. God sent him on this thing and says, hey, you're going to go. No one's going to listen. You know, Every time you say something, it's going to be like their heart, hearts are getting harder. You know? And he's like, well, how long do I have to do this, God? Well, for, until everybody's gone and there's nothing left and it's all over. <laughs> oh, that's a great ministry. <laughs> Let's say, whoo, Isaiah, don't you think Isaiah was thinking, wait a second, what am I getting into? But it didn't matter because Isaiah knew, hey, I'm I'm the one. I'm going to go from God. And I have this question for you. What has God commissioned you to do? What has God commissioned you to do? Because worship, there's at least a revelation of God. You get to know Him better. You get to know... The realm of the spirit and the kingdom of god you get to know that better about what's going on around you maybe you become more sensitive to spiritual things Because you're in God's presence The more you're in God's presence You recognize His presence Versus the presence of something that's not God And so you're more sensitive To what's going on around you So you have a revelation of reality And then you have a revelation of who you are That hey, look, I am a person of unclean lips But you know what? I've, I've been touched by the altar I've been touched by the King of Kings Who was himself on the altar And came off the altar of the cross And said, you are now free You are now clean Your guilt is taken away Your sin is atoned for So if that's who I am them, then I can now say yes to God. But do you know what you're saying yes to? What have you said, here am I, send me too? Because it doesn't stop right there. God speaks back and says, here's the commission. Here's what I've commissioned you to do. So in the midst of the revelation, there's also a commission to go do something. You're, you're my representative. I'm, I'm sending you out. There's something I need you to do. So sometimes we need, we need a fresh commission from God. Sometimes we need a fresh revelation of what that commission is. Sometimes we need to ask, like Isaiah asked, How long, God? And God may have said, We're done with that. I wanted you to do that for this season, but now you're done with that. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that because that commission is over. But have you received a fresh commission? What is He saying to you right now? What are you commissioned to do by God? If you don't know, then I encourage you, get with God till you know. Get with God till you can say, here I am. I'm a man of clean lips. I'm a woman of clean lips. So I'm ready to say, God, I'm ready for you. I'm ready for whatever you're going to do. I don't have to worry about my past anymore. I don't have to worry about what's been done before. What's the now? What's the present? If I live in the present, I'm going to then step into my future. But I've got to know that commission. Sometimes, you know, the commission is not just make it through the week. Make it through the month now again there 's times where that that is the commission where that's but you know when that season is done okay i 'm through the i 'm through the hard season whoo, that was interesting i 'm through the hard season. what now, God? where are you sending me? What are you sending me to do? What are you commissioned for you know if you have a commi- if you know what your commission is, if you know what your mission is then you begin to focus your life and make choices so that that happens. Most of us, and and I'm I'm with you on this one, sometimes I let life be my commission. In other words, what's going on around me dictates what I'm involved with rather than me saying, I know what God has said to me, so then I dictate to it. Like, no, that's not a part of that. Then I can say no to things without feeling guilty. Some of you might have... A hard time saying no when someone asks you something, you you have the I don't have a problem with that, but some people do. <laughs> okay, you might have a problem with saying no. If you know your commission, then it's easier to say no. I mean, you're like I'm not I'm not trying to point at anybody here. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> I know some of you though. I mean, I can get you, you can't say yes to everything. Because if you say yes to everything, you're really saying no to everything. Because you, you can't do everything. Something's going to suffer. <laughs> I'm going to move over to this section here. <laughs> but think, of, think about that. If you know what you're called to do, if you know your commission from God, it might be for a season, it might be for a time period, it might be for your whole life. He might say, this is who you are, and you'll always be doing this. this. You'll always be involved with this. That's fine. You just know, how does that play out in this present time? I'm involved with that. What does that mean, God? But if you know your commission, then you know what doesn't fit into that mission. And so you know, what I, how should I spend my time? How, what should I be involved with? It helps make the choices easier. Because if it doesn't fit the commission of God, why am I involved with that? doesn't mean it's bad has nothing to do with bad stuff. I'm not talking about bad stuff. I'm assuming we, we, we get... We're not doing the bad stuff, right? That's not who I am. That's, that's not me anymore. I'm a new person. I'm a new creation. That, that has no pull on me. But, okay, so now what about all this other good stuff? There's all kinds of good stuff that could be done, but God says, no, I've commissioned you for this. Isaiah was called to do several specific things. Some of them are pretty strange. Have you ever read the book of Isaiah? It's pretty weird. Some of the stuff, you're like, whoa, why would you do that, God? And He usually doesn't answer me. <laughs> He's got reasons that we don't know about. And so it's in worship, I believe, when you have a revelation of God, then you're ready to receive a commission. And so I really felt strongly, that, that was, that was for, for some of us here, that we, we need to know what we're about. We need to know what's going on in our life. We, we just don't want to wander through life and, uh, uh, you know, and you just kind of, you just have jobs, make money, have kids, have grandkids, and then you're like, that was it. I mean, all those things are good. I'm not against those things. I'm having kids right now. I've got three. I'm, I'm done having kids. <laughs> those are all good things. And those may be part of the mission and the commission, but what is, what's the commission? What's the mission? What's the mission of your life? What does God say? Hey, this is what you're supposed to be about. If you don't know, then I encourage you, get in His presence until you do know. When you're ready to say, God, you, and you've got to be ready, here's the deal about the commissions of God. He's not going to give it to you if He knows you're going to go, oh, I don't know. He's got to know that you're ready for anything. Because then, when you're surrendered and open, then you're ready for the commission of God. You're ready for Him to say, Okay, now you're ready, because I know you're going to say yes. When you can say yes to anything before God asks, then you're ready to be commissioned. Because that's what Isaiah said. I mean, God, He has this. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, Isaiah has this revelation encounter with God. He sees heaven, He literally sees God and and the angels. And then God says, Who's going to go for me? I'd be like, I'm not going for you. I'm just going to stay right here. You know, somebody else is going to answer. I mean, or we're waiting for somebody else. You know, I know that that person's going to respond to this call of God. Isn't there somebody else here that would go? And God's waiting on you. But it's when you can say yes before God even speaks. You say, God, I'm going to do my, I have a yes on my heart before you ask. God, I have a yes on my heart before you even ask. Here I am. Send me. That's when more of the commission will unfold. Romans 12 and 2 is kind of a great modern or New Testament uh, interpretation of, of, of this uh, passage in some ways. It says, I read it for the offering, but it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices... Holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. I mean, look at it there. You've got the living sacrifice, you've got the you've got the altar there, you know. We're on the altar and you know, we're, we are offering ourselves as an offering of worship to God. Does that sound like surrender? Does that sound like, here I am, send me? And then what happens? Then, then I'm being transformed by the renewing of my mind, and then I know what God's will is. What's God's will? The commission. What He's saying to me. What is God saying in that time? And I'll know that His will is good, pleasing, and perfect. So no matter what it is that He's commissioning to, it's going to be something good. It's going to be something pleasing. It's going to be something that's perfect in His eyes. But it says right there that I'm a living sacrifice. Do we understand what an oxymoron that, that word is, those two words are right there? Living sacrifice? Think about it. When you sacrifice something, it's dead. Right? In the Old Testament, when they, were, when they, when they made the sacrifice, what happened? The animals were dead. I'm sorry for, if that offends Peter or anybody. I mean, that's just the, there's the reality the animals were killed. I'm sorry, Edie. <laughs> they, the sacrifice meant it was dead. But isn't it interesting in the New Testament when it says, hey, you're a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice doesn't make sense. It only makes sense with God. In other words, there's a part of me that's always on the altar, but I am living from that altar. I am living from that place of worship. I am I am. That's now who I am. I live from the reality that my life is on the altar of God, but I'm alive. I'm a walking, living sacrifice for God. That's worship. Because then everything I do can become worship. Everything I do can become honoring to Him. I don't have to start singing a song. I don't have to start doing something quote-unquote spiritual. I am living as a sacrifice before Him day after day. That's my spiritual act of worship, it says. And then I experience a transformation. I think differently. That's the renewing of the mind. I have to think differently over and over again. Each day, we need a new brain. I need a new brain every day. I need a better one than I had yesterday. Because if not... <laughs> Look at your spouse and say, Amen, she she or he sure does. No. <laughs> Look at your kids or... no. I need a new brain every day, because if I don't have a renewed mind, if I don't have a transformed mind, you know what, I start living from my reality instead of God's reality. I start thinking things that I shouldn't think. Not even bad things, it's just like I'm interpreting everything wrong. I'm interpreting somebody else's actions and I'm misunderstanding what's going on because I'm in my reality, I'm in my thinking, I'm not thinking the way God is thinking. And so when I'm transformed with new thinking, then I begin to think like Him, and I see things like He sees them. And so you know what? I usually don't react to things like I shouldn't react because I am in the right reality. I'm not in my reality. I'm in His reality. Am I making you think? (laughs) Making me think here. So the renewing of my mind is what happens, so then then what happens is there's a greater understanding of my commission, of God's will. What's God's will? And then we know that it's good and pleasing and perfect. That's all I got. Let's stand. <laughs> That's all I got today. Let's stick our our hands on our head, okay? Let's pray for these minds right now. Lord, we just we just we just pray for these minds to be renewed. Lord, help us think like you think. Help us see things like you see. Lord, help us have a revelation of you, God. We ask for a revelation in our spirits, God, that's going to change the way we think. It's going to when we see you, when we understand who you are, it's going to change the way we process information in our life. It's going to change the way we interpret people's actions. It's going to change the way that we react to what's going on around us. Renew our minds, God. Help us to read your word. Help us understand Your Lord. I speak to every mind in this room and say, be open to the word of God. Be open to truth in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for opening our eyes. We thank you for a revelation. Lord, we might need a revelation of you. We might need a revelation of your forgiveness. We might need a revelation of how great you are. I don't know. But we need a greater revelation so that my worship is fresh, so that my life is fresh, so that I'm living in your reality, so that I'm living in your commission. God, i right now, Lord, I just I, just declare, Lord, I declare clarity. Lord, we, we just need to all know what we're supposed to be about, what we're supposed to be doing here. Lord, help us not waste time. Help us not be involved in things that are that are good but not great. Lord, help us not be involved in things that are good but not what you want for the time being. Help us know our commissions. I pray every single person here, Lord, I, I pray that their hearts would be open to what you're saying. I declare openness in hearts in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, open our eyes to see what you are saying to us. Right now, Lord, this day, this month, this year, we need to know what you're saying right now. Lord, not what you said last year. We can ask how long, God, is that still valid? But if we're living on a past commission, God, we don't want to live on that anymore. We want to live on a fresh commission from you that says, here am I, send me. And God says, here's what I'm sending you to. You can go for me. You are my representative. You are my ambassador. Lord, we thank you for that, God. Give us that revelation as well. Give us that clarity, God. We stand on the promise that says, My sheep, hear your, your, sheep hear your voice, Lord. And so we, we believe that we're going to hear your voice because we're your children. And we thank you for it today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you still need prayer, grab somebody or come on up and we want to pray with you and fellowship and have a great... Thank you once again for everybody who did Family Promise. Awesome week.